with a magnificent and a majestic ball spinning miraculously, hanging in space by who knows what. Yet he who curved the edges of this ball and hung it in space, he who stands outside of and untethered from this curved ball, curved himself into a fetal ball and tethered himself to the wall of the womb of a virgin. He gave up the heavens that were not large enough to contain him, and he let himself be contained within the human frame. The mystery so large became a baby so small. The infinite became an infant. The giver becomes the gift. The quiet offering has echoed throughout the ages. This heart beating in the chest of a child, a heart beating hope, beating change, beating love and life, beating the song that we've been waiting for, that the whole of creation has been waiting for. Waiting. 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 He who created matter took shape within matter. He who wrote a story using real characters on real pages in real history, he, the living word of this story, became flesh and dwelt amongst his creation. Just let the magnitude of that sit within your being for a moment. The infinite became an infant. Majesty became man. Around the world. Malagayang Pasco for our Filipino community. Hacienda Casfes for our Africans. Salamat Natal for our Indonesians. Suksanwa Christmas for our Thai. Meri Kirihimete for our Māori. Feliz Natal for our Portuguese and perhaps the second most famous Christmas greeting of all time. Feliz Navidad. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you all. Merry Christmas to every nation, every tongue, every creed, every culture. Because under God, according to the Word of God, we are all one. How good is that? How good is that? Why don't you turn to your left or right and give someone a Christmas high five? Well, God bless you, and thank you, for, thank you for coming along to our Elam Christian Centre Blenheim Christmas service. And I see that there's still some folks arriving, so if you've got a few seats next to you, you want to scooch in a little bit. I just love how people come out to celebrate Christmas together, every culture, every creed, every nation. You know, if you're visiting here this morning, God bless you. Thank you for coming. My name's Tom, and I, along with my wife Suzanne, have the immeasurable privilege and honor and pleasure of, of leading the church here. And um, I've been preaching Christmas messages for over 20 years now. And every year I go, God, <laughs> what's something new? And he goes, why does it need to be new? Amen? It's a timeless story. And if I was asked to identify a main theme of Christmas, it would have to be what we have been celebrating, that God became. In actual fact, I was talking to someone this morning 
who uh, is connected with family and whanau across the churches, and they've, they've watched some of the services online and things like that. And, and they were saying to me this morning that almost every service, that Christmas service that they've either been to or they've watched, has had almost identically the same theme. How cool is that? The main theme of Christmas would have to be that creation cried for the Creator, and He came. And in His coming, you know what He does? He returns the call to us the creation, to come to the Creator. This word echoes through so many of the familiar lines of the, pardon me, the familiar carols that we've sung of old. O come, O come, Emmanuel, come thou long expected Jesus. You know, we've been in the season of Advent and it's been coming all the way through to today. And did you know the word Advent comes from the Latin word which literally means coming. Advent reflects the yearning cry over the eons. Please, Lord, come. That cry has echoed throughout the Hebrew Scriptures and God heard. God heard the cries of the Hebrews when they were slaves in Egypt. God heard the cry of His people when they were in exile in Babylon. And you know what? I'm convinced that He hears the cries of His people today. You know, Voiced through the prophets of old, the Messiah was repeatedly promised all through the Old Testament. And then in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul writing to the Galatian church wrote this, and yet when the fullness of time came, he became. God arrived, infinite to infant, majesty into man, he came. And, through, and though the world was slow to pick up on his arrival, it soon became abundantly clear that someone special had arrived, someone unlike any other, someone who was heralded as a king in their infancy. And you know what? what you know what I love about God is that there is not one, one sphere of humanity that's missed in His coming, in the heralding of His coming. You know, shepherds in the Bible in the Bible times, shepherds were the lowest of the low. And, and I found out just recently that it was not unusual for shepherds to be girls because girls, unfortunately, in that culture were even lower than boys. And because shepherding was the lowest of the low, quite often the shepherds were girls. And yet, guess what? The very herald who stands at the throne of God himself was the one that brought the lowest, the, shepherd, the, the, the shepherds the greeting and the the declaration of the glory of God. And the ones who were the highest, the ones who were kings within their own being, the magi from far eastern lands, the ones who were served continually 24-7 royalty, guess where they found themselves? In the stable. Isn't God such a great God that He recognises everyone? If there was another single word that could compete with becoming or coming as an important word within the carols, The word would be joy. And when I thought about this, I thought actually the two go hand in hand and joy when you drill down into its essence is actually the result of His coming. Because He came, we can be filled with joy. The lyrics of those carols are really just helping remind us of how and why He came. He came We called, he came, and he's calling us to come to him, just as the shepherds and the magi heard and saw the call, and they came. Oh, come, all ye faithful. Come, let us adore him. So the good news of Christ's becoming 
is actually also the good news of an invitation. He became and He issued us an invite, would you come? He became so that we would come. Think about the fulfilment of this promise. In actual fact, not just this promise, not one, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of promises throughout the Bible of His coming. And He fulfilled them all. Let the physicists and the mathematicians chew on that one today. Think about this fulfillment that we now, we now stand in the light of the fulfilled promise of His becoming and we get to share in that good news. I'm not too sure. I mean, (laughs) those of you who are from here at Elam and and you've heard me preach over the years, you know I've got a pretty vivid imagination. I was walking in this morning. I was walking down Burley Road and I had this imaginary conversation with Gabriel. <laughs> you know, Gabriel, the one who came and told Mary that she was going to have a baby. I was just kind of, I thought, what would it be like to be walking down Burley Road and having Gabriel standing beside me? It'd probably be like this. What's the weather like up there? You know? and, I, and I was like, and this conversation went like this. Hey, Gabe. What would happen if you rocked up this morning and said, hey guys, guess what? He's come. Some would fall over dead. (laughs) Some would get up and flee. Some would be struck mute. Probably a little bit like the shepherds. But whoa. You know what? Even if we don't really know exactly how to say what this good news means, We have been so blessed with the words and the carols that over generations past, they provide us with the help that never seems to get old. If you don't know what to say about the good news of Jesus coming, then just sing it. The whole world knows the words. Silent night. Oh, come all ye faithful. I'm not too sure where Jingle Bell Rock fits in, but... You know, the original words of the Christmas carol, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, those words can literally be traced back 1,200 years, back into the 800s. It was written as a poem, and then eventually it was turned into, it was composed into a song much later. But the creator, the writer of that Christmas carol, gives us such a beautiful word picture of why he became. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. The, the Apostle Matthew In Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, Emmanuel, he talks about Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. But you know what the Apostle Matthew was doing? He was quoting the prophet Isaiah, who declared 700 years before Christ was born this. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name. What? Emmanuel. God with us. God with us, not just over us or above us or some ethereal thought, but God with us, not at a distance, not far beyond reach, not ever, never, never ever being able to be pleased, but a draconian thunderbolt throwing. No, God with us. And then when we think about, well, what does that mean? The next part of the carol, the next part of the line says, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. This hymn of Israel's longing for the Messiah, for the promised rescuer, for a deliverer who would come and set them free. They longed to have the relationship that God originally planned 
for all of humanity. For all of humanity. God with us. That's how it was. God doesn't have a plan B. It was plan A from the get-go. God with us. Read, the, read the, the account right at the beginning of the Bible. God would walk with Adam and Eve. And God declared again in Exodus that I will be their God and they will be my people. He's only got a plan A, folks. He's only got a plan A. We sing his name, Emmanuel. Even now, because you know what? Even now, we still want God with us. If not for he became. If not for Emmanuel. If not for Christmas. Where would we be? Where would we be? But you know what? Whilst we celebrate the original Advent, this is kind of a little bit like Easter, you know. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming, you know. But this... We celebrate the original and the first advent, but you know what? We're actually living between two advents. We celebrate and we remember the first advent, the first Jesus coming, but guess what? He's coming again. He's coming again. He's coming again. Before I blow a fuse and blow up in front of you, music team, would you please come back? Jesus has come and Jesus will come again. If you have nothing else to hang on to today, you know, your current reality might be, but I have no idea where I'm going. I don't know who I'm going with. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I want you, that might be the facts, but I want you to hang on to the truth that God said He'll never leave you and He'll never forsake you, that Jesus is coming again. His promised return. He came and will come again. And as I wrap this up, I would love to just pray over you this morning. Father, we thank you for this magnificent Advent. We thank you for your goodness, your care, your grace, your mercy. Father, thank you for hearing us when we cry, when we cry out to you. We thank you for not abandoning us. Thank you for not leaving us in our sin, our sins of the past, our present, or even our fear for the future. Lord, you don't even abandon us when we are surrounded with stuff that would try and tear us apart from you. You are Emmanuel, God with us. May we live each day knowing you came, but also knowing you. You, our deliverer. You, our God. And by your Holy Spirit, May we know that you are here, Emmanuel, God with us. Amen.